Welcome everyone to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast. Uh episode twelve. Um going on strong. Um for the past eleven episodes I've probably been mentioning, hey, you know, it'd be helpful if I had, you know, other people on the pod, you know, be a little bit, you know, more, you know, better to listen to than uh what it is now. But uh say no more. because uh, we have a we have a guest over here, so uh Without further ado, uh, introduce yourself here. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Nolan, uh, Sharks fan, might I add. Um, you know, just here to add an extra point of view to this podcast because it has potential. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to being on the show with you and looking forward to talk about great things. And also to add some context here, um, for those that, you know, know, uh, especially if you're a fan of the YouTube channel, you know. I love the blues, die hard, bleed blue, all the way. But um, also with the title, know that I'm also talking Vegas Golden Knights here. Um, I love the Vegas Golden Knights also, you know that. Um, but to add some context here, I'm wearing the Golden Knights jersey here. No one over here, uh, as, as he just said, he's a Sharks fan, and he's also wearing a Sharks jersey. So to add some uh, kind of like a, you know, complete – you know, we have some same perspectives on some things. You know, obviously, you know, I absolutely hate the uh, the Sharks, and he doesn't like the Knights either. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to, you know, have people on that uh, have different ideas than you, you know, uh, have some uh, contrast, you know. Um, and also consider this as a audition tape because uh yeah. we we're we're looking for the we're looking for a co-host on the on the on the channel and he might he might be the one we'll see how it goes but anyway uh first off here um per hockeyfeed.com apparently uh an analyst named uh, Andrew Zuber of Yahoo Sports is uh reported that apparently a new league uh is supposed to be forming uh named 3 Ice um so it it's kind of like dumb, I I'm not, I'm not gonna call it dumbing down the game for the most part, but it's basically making how NHL the NHL has three on three overtime. Um, they have just three on three the entire time. Um, and according to the I guess the commissioner who's a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, Craig Patrick, uh, is coming off as it's like a direct competitor to the NHL. It's not a competitor to the NHL. All right. They like they're like the closest competitor to the NHL is the KHL and they're like 3 on 3 hockey. You're not going to beat the NHL. No. It's like saying that the XFL is going to beat the NFL. It's not going to happen. Um so key things on here number 1, apparently they do have um um, TV rights with TSN in Canada, R- RDS in Canada, and CBS in America. Um, and apparently there's going to be no penalties, only penalty shots, no long intermissions or stoppage in play for video reviews, just pure excitement. Apparently that's an uh, excerpt from that uh, from Craig Patrick uh, per his statement per Yahoo. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but uh, we'll see if that's anything if if honestly if there's anything that which i'll, I'll let uh no one chip in here on his take here uh real quick but also to add if you're gonna start a league we don't need any more men's leagues on television what we need 
is to bring women's hockey into the forefront because I know the WNBA exists for, you know, basketball, whatever. Yeah, that's the WNBA. That's not really exciting, at least not in my taste. But the women's hockey players are super talented, and they don't get the recognition that they deserve. And that's also mainly the reason why, like, almost damn near all of the Olympians aren't in the NWHL. Not to say that they're not, you know, NWHL is not doing the best they can, but... In the eyes of, you know, the Olympians, it's not sustainable. But uh, what is your take about this uh, new three-on-three uh, league? Well, you're talking about how it's going to be pure excitement and such. But I was wondering how exciting can it be with, like, what kind of talent is going to be going into this league when you have other leagues such as the AHL, KHL, all these other routes? Yeah, why would you want to start playing here? when you could go into an actual hockey league that plays that's not just 3 on 3 because this sounds just like kind of like an arcade style of hockey. I mean, it could be fun, but I just don't see how much traction this could really get cuz there's so many other leagues to watch and I I just don't know why you'd watch this one. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean from what it looks like I mean if it works, it works. Congratulations. I mean, they got something working for them. But they just – I just don't foresee it um, taking, you know, any traction. Also because it looks super gimmicky. And also because I guess my notes kind of got split up. Uh, apparently, uh, the games will not also – the games will not be played over three periods like typical hockey is played. Uh, it will consist of two halves of play. Uh, much in a way the NFL works. Um, so basically, uh, I don't know if they're going to just have eight, because apparently the halves will run for just eight minutes. So I don't know if it's like eight minute half and then another eight minute half and it's done, or you have uh, four minute quarters. I don't know how they didn't really specify on that, but uh, it'll be in the halves, uh, which makes it significantly shorter. I mean, I don't think I can see in like the aspect, like the XFLs. Uh, thing about trying to speed up the game, I understand that because football can be long, especially for long drives, whatever. But hockey doesn't have a problem with you know staying within a time you know zone as long as it's not like the only time you ever run into that situation is if you're like getting long in the tooth in like shootouts. But other than that, you're pretty much staying within that two and a half three hour window because you're. You have tw- you have three twenty minute periods, two eighteen minute intermissions, and then you have like maybe like a five minute intermission in between uh, that and a five minute overtime, and then after that, if it goes into shootout, there's no intermission. Like you just like put your goalie out, there you go, speed it up. But um, but yeah, I I don't really see it coming uh, into fruition, uh, at least like staying around long enough. But uh, and that and depending on how long they had um their rights for because we all know what happened to the last uh startup league that uh cbs had <laughs> the aaf remember how that worked yeah it didn't even last an entire season unlike the uh the first generation of xfl actually went all the way but yeah uh, i digress um and ahl news uh ahl suspended brandon manning for five games under uh ahl rule 29 oh, 23.9 for using a racial racial slur towards an opponent 
they did it didn't specify which opponent, but apparently, I guess, uh, whenever I guess he's still with the Edmonton Oilers and in the uh, Bakersfield Condors um, system, but um, yeah, unacceptable, uh, absolutely unacceptable for um to uh do that. It's kind of like when An- Andrew Shaw called someone a a word too, and then he had to uh, apologize, and he was gone for a little while, and that, yeah, that's what up too. Um, but yeah. Um, and also, we'll uh, we'll come back on this story here. Um, yeah, the last episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast, uh, episode eleven, black and yellow. Well, I had the Bruins and the uh, Penguins game uh, when the Bruins were up three nothing and the Penguins scored four unanswered. Um, it turns out that uh, even though the Penguins still won. Uh, throughout the game, the uh, Penguins fans were letting them, uh, letting uh, Matt Murray hear it because he was in that, and he let in the three straight goals, uh, pretty quick goals, may I may add, um, especially the first two. But um, Evgeny Malkin has some uh, words to say about it. Uh, excerpt from him: uh, "I'm not understanding our fans. Muzz won two cups for us. You boo him. Why? If you come to the arena, support our team. All of us. We try." We play so hard this year. We work so hard through injuries. We play good hockey. Maybe not last couple games, not early this game, but we try. I understand you pay money for ticket. You do what you want, but it's tough to sit on bench and hear that. I don't like it. We hear that in Philly, not Pittsburgh. So he's kind of given a jab at Pittsburgh fans, basically calling them Philly fans there. At least that's how I took it. Um, now, I can understand if you're going to boo – your team when they're last in the league, like a certain team that won the Stanley Cup in 2019, where the crowd like let them hear it, booed them day in and day out, <laughs> and you know, and look what happened. But the the Penguins aren't even in that position. Like I don't understand how you could do that, uh, and justifiably. I mean, I, I mean, you're being, I, I guess. But the Pittsburgh Penguins are currently fourth overall in the league. Wildcard in uh, their second in the Metropolitan, about four points behind Washington, one point behind your Stanley Cup champions in the overall standings. Um, and the fact that they've they're missing Jake Gensel, they're missing a whole bunch of players, and even miss Sidney Crosby for twenty eight games, and they're still fourth overall. And you're gonna boo your team? Get out of here! You can come back and freaking. Call me up whenever your team is 31 out of 31 at the freaking half at the beginning of January and then boo your team then. Don't boo your team when you're – I don't care if you're down 3 nothing. You're fine, all right? Your freaking record's 31, 13, and 5. And before then, it was 30, 13, and 5. So get out of here with that. But anyway, uh, no one's taking Well, yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. They did 90% of the – they gathered 90% of these points without Sidney Crosby. He's, he was injured for a substantial amount of time, and they still managed to be one of the best teams in the league, like we've seen them do for the past however many years. But they've, they've just been an amazing team. And to hear them booing – because I know we all know Matt Murray hasn't been playing all that well. But, you know, if you guys aren't losing games because of him, just don't even worry about it. And, and plus, he still came back and won this game. So – 
just booing because oh, to boo a goalie, I think, is really just never really acceptable because it's almost never the goalie's fault, <coughs> except Martin Jones. But um, but uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, it's not like Matt Murray has been amazingly bad. He's just been average. But uh, I guess they're just too used to him being elite. <laughs> but you know, just give him a break sometimes. He's won you two cups. And trust Tristan Jari is coming up into the rink. So, yeah, that's what I have to say on that. All right, and then moving on here, because uh, nothing really much to unpack there other than that. Uh, Detroit Red Wings forward Anthony Mantha will be missing at least another month and could be done for the season, according to head coach Jeff Blashill, as he's been out for a little bit for uh, an injury. Uh, hopefully he comes back, because he was, he was doing pretty well in the beginning of the season. Uh, he was really lighting it up, like especially early on. Um, but at the same time, it's based, I mean, we already knew it was going to be a lost cause of a season as they only have 12 wins on the season. Like the separation between Detroit and the uh, 30th overall in the league is insane because Detroit has 28 points and then 30th overall is LA and they've got 41 points. So that tells, that, that tells you. Where Detroit is, and it and it would be a robbery, absolute robbery, if they um if Detroit does not win the lottery pick, <laughs> not only, if they don't get top three, uh, a top three pick that it, it's rigged, and it's plain and simple, it's 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 fucking rigged, it's absolutely rigged. That's all I gotta say, it's rigged. And then speaking of uh teams. Uh, I know also uh, with all the firings and how I've also kind of uh, been like, oh, maybe all these people are trying to pull St. Louis Blues because, you know, they fire the coach and they're doing bad and turn their magically turn their, their shit around. Um, the Blackhawks apparently trying to get into action as uh, the, today during the uh, practice that they had uh, Jonathan Taze and Jun Duncan Keith, uh, Keith uh, got into a scrap. Um, getting at each other, had to get broken up and all that. Kind of reminiscent of uh, around this time last year where uh, Robert Bortuzzo, uh, you know, you know Bortuzzo, and um, Zach Sanford uh, scrapping it out uh, during practice. But listen, guys, all right? When everyone's trying to be the Blues in that sense, then no one's going to get it, all right? No one wins. <laughs> Just try to be original, okay? Let us have our – let's have us – have our glorious moment, all right? Oh Let us have our glorious moment, all right? Goodness. And in Winnipeg, and it, all right, all right, enough of that. And Winnipeg Jets forward uh, Adam Lowry will be missing a, at least a month with up, an upper body injury. Um, and currently, as it stands, well, at least it's a forward that's getting injured because if any more hits to the uh, the depth core of uh, their defense for the Winnipeg Jets. They might as well call their season done because they're they're really missing Dustin Bufflin uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace. Um, I mean, he's not dead. He's not dead, all right? But he, he, he's currently out right now, all right? But, um, but yeah, their, uh, their decor is uh, not the best because it, it was pretty premier last year. Where everyone was calling them cup favorites and all that jazz, but yeah, yeah. 
Can you voice on that? Or? No, no comments. On all right, no comments. All right. Um, uh, Corey Schneider. Uh, poor Corey Schneider, man. Um, once uh, Stanley Cup runner-up with the uh, Vancouver Canucks um, getting traded for the pick that gave Vancouver their glorious captain, Bo Horvat. Bo Ah, fuck. Bo Horvat. Sound out your damn words. God, fuck. Corey Schneider got traded for the pick for Bo Horvat. Cool. I'm not I'm not going to edit that out either. We're, we're we're doing it live. We're doing it live, all right? Even though it's, you know it's pre-recorded. But anyway, um he's been sent back down to the Birmingham Devils uh in the AHL. Um really hoping he finds his game. Uh he's just not clicking right now. I mean, all, I mean, although in all honesty, I mean regardless the entire New Jersey Devils team as a whole just haven't been performing the way that as advertised because they were advertised to be at least a um entering to the uh playoffs this year as they currently sit 29th overall um i mean you can only give mackenzie blackwood so much time in the net and you have louis Domingue. <laughs> oh louis Domingue, arizona fans tampa bay well, he is all right in tampa bay but I, I, I most fond uh not fondly remember uh Louis Deming and his time uh with the Arizona Coyotes. But um yeah, Corey Schneider going back down to the Devils, that's just a, a big uh that's just a shame, man. Any 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 hot take on uh oh. Corey, Corey Schneider? Well first of all, I didn't even know Corey Schneider was called back up to the NHL. Um, what, cause I remember a couple, he, he, he was called back up for maybe like one or two games, but he, uh, he just got sent back down. <laughs> Rest in peace, man. Yeah. I just remember a couple months ago. I don't know how long exactly, but I remember him getting sent down. I was just like, it just felt weird. Cause I remember him being, he was such a great goaltender and he just fell off a cliff out of nowhere. He just decided just like, you know, I'm just going to be subpar. <laughs> And he just hadn't been able to find his game. Because I remember how promising he was in Vancouver. And he got traded. And he was good for the past couple of seasons. Well, his first couple of seasons in uh, New Jersey. But then he just kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Although, if he wants another second chance, he could always, uh, if Doug Wilson's trying to bite no, $6 million, no. trade old Marty Jones and no, out of a... Uh, San Jose and uh, take out Corey Schneider's contract, or at least, you know. Hey, you know, it is what it is. One man's trash is another man's treasure. All right. All right. In other news, um, since it's a new decade, 2020, um, the NHL, uh, as they've been naming, you know, obscure things about the decade, um, because they... I believe last episode reported that not only did the NHL uh, name the Chicago Blackhawks as a team of the decade, but they also named Joel Quenville as the uh, coach of the decade. Well-deserved. Um, but also, the NHL have named uh, the 2014 Winter Classic at Michigan Stadium uh, between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Detroit Red Wings um, the event of the decade for the 2010s, uh, which that 
uh, Winter Classic is the biggest, most uh, yeah, the biggest in attendance uh, game in NHL history with 105,491 people in the stands. That was insane. Like you look at those pictures, just nothing but sea of of people, like shoulder to shoulder. It's like absolutely insane. Uh, and being in that atmosphere, that must have been quite insane. Um, which now we switch gears to more All Star Game talk because I just can't stop. It's just an addiction, I guess. Um, so because people have been getting injured and we're having to get substitutes, and then we're having to keep updating on who's in the all-star game well here's your one-stop shop right here the entire uh unless some godforsaken reason someone gets hurt for whatever reason um these are your lineups for the uh, all-star game so for the central division the forward group being patrick kane of the chicago blackhawks uh nathan mckinnon who is the captain of the central division all-star team which is a bunch of bullshit but i'm not going to get into that in this episode um, I already have a video for that. Um, of the Colorado Avalanche, Ryan O'Reilly of your 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, David Perron of your 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, um, Mark Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets, Tyler Sagan of your Dallas Stars, and Eric Stahl of the Minnesota Wild, um, because they have no one else. Um, defense, uh, Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators, and Alex Petrangelo, your captain of your 2019 Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Uh, and goaltender, Jordan Bennington of St. Louis Blues. Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. And the coach for the Central Division team is Craig Berube of your 2019 Stanley <laughs> Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. I'll take a shot for every time I say that. Um, Pacific Division, forwards, Thomas Hurdle from the San Jose Sharks. Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers, Anze Kopitar of the LA Kings, Connor McDavid, surprise, surprise, Edmonton Oilers, uh, Elias Pettersson from the Vancouver Canucks, Max Pacioretty of your Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Matthew Kachuk, St. Louis boy, not a big deal, uh, from the Calgary Flames, defense, uh, Mark Giordano from the Calgary Flames, uh, Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks, goaltenders, uh, Jacob uh, Markstrom of the Vancouver Canucks and David Riddich of the oh, Riddick, my bad, of uh, the Calgary Flames and the coach uh, after the, uh, the poor firing of Gerard Gallant, which we're not going to try to get into this, but we're actually going to we're going to have a hot take on that uh, at the end of this episode, along with other uh, stuff. But uh, well deserved, though, uh, Rick Tockett of the Arizona Coyotes. The Atlantic Division uh, forwards, Tyler Perduzzi of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, <laughs> and for the Ottawa Senators, Anthony Duclair, uh, Buffalo Sabres, Jack Eichel. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau of the Florida Panthers. Mitch Marner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins. Uh, defense, uh, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Shea Weber. Uh, Montreal Cana of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, goaltender uh, Frederick Henry Anderson of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the coach of the Atlantic team, uh, Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins. And in rounding out uh, Metropolitan Division, 
uh, forwards Matt Barzal of the uh, New York Islanders, Nico Heischer of the New Jersey Devils, Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers, Travis Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers, TJ Oshie of the Washington Capitals. Uh, defense, John Carlson, the Washington Capitals, Seth Jones of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Chris Letang, who is the captain of the Metro team uh, from the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Jacob Slavin of the Carolina Hurricanes, goaltenders, Braden Hurlby of the Washington Capitals, uh, Tristan Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and coach of the Metropolitan Division team, Todd Reardon of the Washington Capitals, and also the backtrack here, uh, Pacific Division Captain, I don't know, but the Atlantic one is, uh, I believe, I believe, oh yeah, back up, back up, back up, Pacific Division, Connor McDavid, because it's a surprise, surprise, and then Atlantic Division, David Pasternak. And also, uh, before we dive into this next tidbit of news of All-Star Game, any notes that you have for the All-Star Game that's hosted in your 2019 yeah, Stanley yeah, Cup yeah, champions, yeah. this barn here. Um, well, a quick little word on the uh, – because the All-Star Game selections are still relatively new. Um, I've always never – because I know it's kind of nice to have each team represented, but it also – I just never like – I've never come to like the Switch all that much because back – I don't remember how many years ago exactly when they changed it to this, but back then, wasn't it just people would vote for just a team for the West and the East of just the best players in each conference? It was about probably like back in the like the 90s, stuff like that. Um, especially like back in like the, Gretz, the Gretz, uh, Gretzky era. But um, the... Um, but also, I mean, they kind of have changed the rules because, especially after the whole John Scott thing, where everyone that got in on awesome got though. in on it awesome. and um, voted them in. I mean, no doubt it was awesome, especially if you listen to the uh, spit spit and chicklets episode with John Scott on there. Whenever he breaks down like the behind the scenes on how that went down, where basically the NHL is basically begging him not to go to the All Star game. They were even going to pay the guy. They were going to pay the guy to not go to the All Star game. He's like, Nah, I'm going. As simple as that. Like they even try to bury him in the minors and all that, and they still, uh, still he, he was captain of the team and all of that, and he scored and oh, and he and he won MVP for that too. I believe it was in Nashville too. Um, when when that down when it, when that went down, um, but yeah, it was quite the uh, interesting thing. Uh, it would be nice if they opened that up again, but I don't see that ever happening. When the um, when the uh, all the uh, all stars would be selected and they'd each draft their own team, that was all, that would always create very memorable moments in the crowd. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess yeah, I just I just miss the old ways. But you know, it's fine. All right, and then uh, also apparently there's multiple reports that the next. Years in the 2021 All Star Game will be at the BB&T Center in Sunrise, Florida. So the Florida Panthers will be hosting their first All Star Game since uh, they did it in 2003. Um, 
and not to take not not to really take a big jab, but it's kind of a jab to uh, Florida Panthers fans. Even though I do like the Florida Panthers, and I do plan on getting a sweater from them, uh, but it's kind of easy to get uh get this into an arena when no one ever shows up and it's like basically yeah. it's basically brand new because no one ever shows up all right i'm sorry all right this team does not get the love it deserves okay it doesn't huberto trocek barkov who but 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 hey you have um q behind the bench you know Anything can happen, all right? You guys could win your very first Stanley Cup. And all, and all, in all honesty, as long as it's not against the Blues or any of my top five, hey, I'm good with it. Um, but, yeah, without further ado, let's uh, dive in to the Golden Knights versus the Bruins. All right, so diving right in here to uh, Golden Knights versus Bruins. Uh, it's, uh, they're in Boston. Uh, Golden Knights are 25, 19, and 7. Uh, going into this game, Bruins are 28, 10, and 12. Um, also to note, uh, first off, the Golden Knights in their existence have never beat Boston in Boston. I want to say that they have beat Boston in their franchise history, but they have not ever beat Boston in Boston. Uh, and today is not only the third straight start for Marc-Andre Fleury, which we'll, I'll, I'll get into in this real Real quick. And uh, also, Yaroslav Halak is also starting his third straight start. Now, I can understand that why Yaroslav Halak is starting three straight because Tuka Rask's out. All right. So the goaltender, the backup goalie is, you know, take, picking up the slack and he's doing phenomenal. Halak's been phenomenal. And uh, we'll also touch on that um, on Halak's amazing play in this game. Even though he didn't get the bulkhead of the shots, though, because Flurry did, um, which he was also amazing too. However, uh, it's unacceptable for which, and this is what we're going to touch into the whole Gerard Gallant bullshit. Um, it's unacceptable that Marc-Andre Fleury is starting three games in a row when number one, they don't have, it's mainly probably because they can't trust Malcolm Subban to start, especially against a team like the Boston Bruins, who not only are third overall in the league in power play number, but numbers, but also in penalty kill too. And the fact that Flurry, because also the faults of the defense, has to pick up the extra slack, which is absolutely unfair, and is another reason why I'm gonna beat that horse until it's absolutely like into dust. Because about the whole Gerard Gallant firing, because even though I'm, you know, I'm just trying to accept the fact that Peter DeBoer is the freaking head coach, even though I just it still just feels so grimy to me that he's the head coach of all people, like you like. And as I mentioned, that if any of these former guys that were going to get hired that got fired this season, other than Jim Montgomery, because he was he would have definitely been candidate number one if it wasn't for the reason why he got fired, uh, I would say Peter Laviolette, because he actually has you know a winning pedigree, unlike Peter DeBoer for sure. Even though yes, Peter DeBoer's penalty kill numbers are absolutely phenomenal. All his teams are phenomenal in the penalty kill. Even still to this day, the San Jose Sharks have the best penalty kill in the league right now. And uh, yeah, he, and, he, and he and he and he and he he's got the one thing to clap about in this game. Um, but they all they needed to do to fix the team was not fire all an all star. All-star coach, 
You fired an all-star coach because the Pacific Division is the weakest division in all of the damn NHL. Because from number one to number five, they're all within one damn point of each other. They're all within one. All Vegas had to do was leap the leapfrog back in the first was win today. That's all they had to do. But instead, they go fire the coach because for whatever fucking reason, they don't, they're, and if they don't get anyone, a, a, a you know, backup goalie that they can trust because they obviously can't trust Malcolm Subban because Malcolm Subban's not worth it. That's also why the Boston Bruins got rid of him and got Yaroslav Halak playing absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, but also, defense. They trade Colin Miller. Why? Because they had a, he had a quarrel with Gerard uh, Gallant, and then you got rid of Gerard Gallant. So basically, you got rid of Colin Miller for nothing. And their defense was actually pretty decent. It's just the fact that they just had that quarrel. Like, honestly, like you do one or the other. You don't do both in that regard. But that's... Uh, I, if I just get any further into that, I'm just gonna go into like a 30 minute rant, like I did the one time where it went like 50 plus minutes. I'm not gonna freaking do that. All right, first period, freaking seconds into the game, Patrice Bergeron nearly gets a goal on the breakaway, but luckily, uh, Flower uh, stops it. Uh, and then uh, at 124 in the first period, Mark Stone gets it on the first shot for the Golden Knights, scores on the backhand, not a big deal on the short side of uh, Yaroslav Halak. Uh, they make it one nothing Knights with uh, Nate Schmidt getting alone assessed on that. And then Nick Haig interferes with Danton Heinen at 139, sending the uh, the Bruins on the uh, power play for one of five times in this game. Uh, and then Mark Stone trips Heinen at 715 to give to test the power play of the Boston Bruins once again. Uh, and as I note, uh, the Knights need to not test the penalty kill, their penalty kill, as well as not to test the Bruins' power play. As as I also mentioned, the Bruins' power play is third overall in the entire league with a 26.2%. And um, combined numbers, they're over 100%, like they were last year going into the Stanley Cup final last year. They had like 108% uh, combined special teams numbers, which is absolutely insane. Um and then Jeremy Lausen, if I pronounce your last name, I apologize because I know a lot of people mess up my last name, but still, uh, I apologize. Uh, ties the game at 11.40 with uh, David Krejci and uh, I don't fucking know his first name, but Kuhlman. Yeah, that guy, Kuhlman, uh, gets the secondary assist on that um, for the Boston Bruins. Let's actually look it up because I kind of feel bad, even though Carson Kuhlman. My, b that's his name, Carson Kuhlman. He spells Carson with a K because he's freaking weird. Um, ties it up, eleven forty, and then uh, Zidane Chara uh, trips uh, Kane's worst nightmare, Ryan Reeves at fifteen fifty-five, um, and then the Knights seem to get and, and the biggest takeaway for me. Uh, Knights seem to get into the middle and drive into the paint, which they weren't really doing uh, for the most part, but all the goals that they got were into the paint. They weren't far away, um, which I'll say it into the uh, Tom Blue in the face, you know, get to the paint, and then you have the greater chances of scoring. Guaranteed. Even if the goalie's freaking covering at the bottom of it, it's fine. Just elevate it. Like, tip it off a body. Like, off a skate. Like, 
just do it, right? Just, just get into the paint, right? Uh, shots of the first period, 14-8 in favor of the Boston Bruins. Second period, William Carrier interferes with Tory Krug at 142. And then the Vegas Golden Knights pull the St. Louis Blues uh, by doing a uh, too many men uh, at 407, served by Jonathan Marsh. So. And then Brandon Carlo high sticks Riley Smith at 915 to send the Golden Knights on power play. Uh, Nick Haig uh, in his rookie season net, uh, nets his first goal, uh, not a big deal, on the power play at 10.59 with Nate Schmidt and Jonathan Marshall getting the assists. Uh, and it was getting a little chippy. After a uh, awkward fall, uh, looked like uh, Stevenson uh, hit McAvoy, but at the same time it kind of looked like McAvoy just kind of uh, got caught in a bad spot uh, on the boards. Uh, and as a result, uh, Steve, uh, Chandler Stevenson um, gets a boarding call against Charlie McAvoy at 15.04, uh, ending your second period shots 9-8 in favor of the Boston Bruins. Third period, Jake DeBrusque ties to, uh, this bitch up at 4.26. High glove with Charlie Coyle and Yaroslav Halak getting the assists. Um, and then Yaroslav Halak standing on his head as it could have been easily 4-2 uh, nights at that point, but he was just standing on his head and just sealing off, like sealing off the net, basically, uh, turning into a brick wall at that point. And then uh, Matt Grizzlick uh, takes like a, uh, a bad fall, or I guess he uh, hurt himself, um, le left the game for majority of the third period, but he came back towards the end. Uh, good to see that he came back, so hopefully he didn't get injured or anything like that. Uh, and then uh, David Krejci, uh gives the Boston Bruins the lead at 12-18 with uh, Brandon Carlo. And Dan Danton Heinen getting the assist. Shots 14-13 in favor of the Bruins in that third period. Total shots of the game 37-29 in favor of the Boston Bruins. Uh, Golden Knights power play went 1 for 2. PK went 5 for 5. Boston Bruins power play 0 for 5. PK 1 for 2. Your final score 3-2 Bruins. Uh, your three stars of the game. Uh, Jeremy Lousen is your third star. Second star Jake DeBrusque. And first star David Krejci. And uh, some takeaways. Um, from Nolan. Well, um, one of the first two things I want to point out is I want to talk about the Bruins here. Is I want to point out Halak's game. Uh, he was extremely active with the puck this game. Uh, and as uh, Elijah mentioned earlier, just sealing off the net towards the end. Uh, just a great pickup by the Bruins. Um, yeah, he was just. If you watched, uh, I don't know if you could tell, but he was just extremely active, constantly playing it. Uh, he got, and I think. Uh, he, I don't know if he got an assist on, I don't remember whose goal it was, but he, um, it seemed like he would have gotten a second assist for it, but he didn't. And, um, yeah, but he was just really getting the puck into the good areas for the Bruins and helping them out and as well as sealing the puck. So just doing two and one. And then also another thing with the Bruins was their passing. Even though they won tonight's game, they did not win the passing game. I don't know how many times I saw them try and pass it to another Bruin, and it would just – it seemed like it just went right to a night. Like, at least ten times, they just – the Knights just intercepted it. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, they still came out with the win. And largely, I want to say Halak was a big reason they won this game. Even though the shots weren't all that in favor of the Knights, he was just standing on his head. <laughs> but <Never>. yeah, <laughs> Yeah. So those are my two takes. But yeah, also once again, uh, from my side, also once again, give Yaroslav uh, Halak uh, some high praise. But at the same time, uh, gotta give uh, Mark Andre Fleury 
some props as well because he you know he stopped three goals. Um, well, actually, yeah, he stopped three goals because uh, they didn't pull the Blues and give up a empty net uh, goal because they pulled the the goalie at the end. Um, stopping was thirty yeah thirty four out of thirty uh, seven shots. Because uh, normally the uh, the Golden Knights are like a high shooting team that are not n- normally in the twenties. They're at the very least mid thirties. A lot of the times in the forties too. They like they love shooting the puck a lot, and all and it also comes to uh, my uh, mention in the end of the first period notes that uh, they were not especially in the beginning where they were because uh, second and third period they were down there. The differentiation between the Bruins and the Knights' shots are down by one. While as for the first period, it was a lot more lopsided. It was mainly because the Bruins were sealing off the middle of the uh, the zones. They were keep they're pushing Vegas to the to the uh, boards and making them do board play, basically the entire first period. But um, but yeah um. With, and now with their tenure with uh, Peter DeBoer, they're now 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They win the first one in regulation. They lose the second one in shootout against uh, Montreal on the 18th. And they just lose to uh, the Bruins in regulation today. So as I reinforce my statement, <laughs> Gerard Gallant should not have been fucking fired, okay? Fuck. All right. Um... But yeah, um, well that ends that portion. But now we're just gonna get into some, uh, just some uh, generic hockey talk. So uh, yeah. All right, so some generic hockey talk for you guys. Um, first off, just to run down the scores for the rest of the the games that happened today. Uh, I'm not really going to divulge into it too much. I mean, the Panthers and Blackhawks currently end the second period. Uh, Panthers are leading the Blackhawks 4-1. Um, both have 20 shots on goal apiece. Uh, Flyers shoot out, uh, shut out the Penguins uh, 3-0 in uh, Philly. Uh, 30 shots on goal for the Flyers compared to 19 for the Penguins. Uh, the Islanders beat the Rangers 4-2. Uh, even though the Islanders only got 18 shots on net, while the Rangers got 42 shots, and you let in four goals. What the hell? What the hell? Who was a net? I. Who was a net, Rangers? Look at Rangers. It was Gorgiev. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, and then the Hurricanes beat the Jets 4-1. In, in uh, Carolina, uh, we saw... I. Uh, me and him saw the um, the uh, surge where they did dodgeball. It was kind of funny. Although it would be nice if they did it with the Whalers and uh, have Pucky on the ice because <laughs> Pucky's awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, he's up there with uh, in my favorite in my favorite uh, uh, Pucky's one of my favorite uh, mascots up there with Gritty and Gritty Chance and um, Louie. Obviously, um, yeah, four one. Hurricanes got twenty nine shots on. Uh, Jets only got seventeen. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, what direction are we talking about uh, in this generic uh, segment of the show here? Well, 
I'm going to bring it back to what Elijah mentioned earlier and the firing of Gerard Gallant and leading to the hiring of – We're beating of, the horse again. Of all coaches, Peter DeBoer, which I can't look at properly because I still see him as the Sharks coach. It just is so bizarre to me. Seeing him wearing a Vegas Golden Knights pin and seeing him on the bench is the most bizarre thing ever. Like, also, think about <laughs> Also, not to cut in, but also the fact that this guy – this guy that you know took his spot, all right. He he's he's saying, whenever he talks about the Golden Knights players, he doesn't call about. He doesn't say how normal coaches say like we did this or whatever. He says these guys. He's still a shark at heart. I'm telling you. That's bunch of bullshit. And you know what's and, and also another funny point is that these uh, Gerard Gallant and uh, Peter DeBoer were also, if you don't remember, back in the first round of. Uh, Last year's playoffs, they were um, okay. But hold on, but but I remember. I think Gallant called him a clown. <laughs> so there's kind of a little funny back and forth going between he them. Clown. No, he's not, because he's your coach now. So don't talk bad about him. He's still a clown. But it would be he's funny to see. It it would be funny to see if Gallant got hired by the Sharks. I can imagine Doug Wilson has definitely thought about it. But I and even I. Gallant being fired is also the strangest thing to me because it's not like the Knights were doing, playing like dog shit. They were st- they're still in the thick of things. They're probably, knock on wood, I don't have wood, but I did it in my mind. Oh, this is wood. Okay, well we just did. Uh, they're probably gonna make the playoffs if things keep going how they're going. So, there wasn't really a glaring issue with the Knights that, that well, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't. It doesn't require them to fire a coach. But and then hire DeBoer, who's not all that better. Because I don't I just it's just a weird hiring and firing situation to me. Like he's a an odd replacement. I just I yeah. just don't know about this. Also to add let it also be known that the Pacific Division, not only the fact as it known that it's always normally in the Pacific, well, in the Western Conference, the weaker of the two in divisions, but also let it be known that the Pacific Division is well known for sharing and just like basically doing like, um, like a swinger swap of head coaches because let's, let's rewind the clock. With uh, before Peter DeBoer, I believe it was Todd McClellan was the coach. And then Todd McClellan went from San Jose. He went to Edmonton. And then after Edmonton, now he's in L.A. And then freaking Peter DeBoer was from New Jersey and came to San San Jose. And now he's with the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's just like a free. And then even even to wind up clock, even before that, freaking Rick Tockett. Who's the coach for the Arizona Coyotes before him? It was freaking Dave Tippett and Dave Tippett is now with the Edmonton Oilers. So, like, What's going on here? Th- like there's just a whole bunch of just swapping around, like hoping something to slap something together. Hopefully it works as currently as, as we uh, break down um, real quick just to make some points here um, on how weak the Pacific Division is. Even though I uh, – although even though I keep saying that, uh, you'd think with me saying that, that the two wild card spots will be – would be filled by a central division team, like I originally predicted before the uh, 
start of the season, but uh, it's there's still a lot of games left. All right, it can still happen. Um, so breaking down the Western Conference here, Central Division, St. Louis Blues, 68 points, first place. Colorado Avalanche, 62 points, second place. Dallas Stars, 58 points, third place. So Dallas Stars have a record of 27, 17, and 4, 58 points, 48 games played. Okay, take that in your head. All right, digest it in your head. Pacific Division. The Vancouver Canucks have played one more game than Dallas, have the same amount of wins, have one more regulation loss because they've played one extra game, same amount of overtime losses, 58 points. They lead their division. With 58 points. Edmonton Oilers. 49 games played. 26, 18, and 5. 57 points. Calgary. 50 games played. 26 wins. 19 losses. 5 overtime losses. 57 points. Arizona Coyotes. First wild card spot. 51 games played. 26, 20, and 5. 57 points. Vegas Golden Knights, 52 games played. 25, 20, and 7. 57 points. Like, as I mentioned, if the Vegas Golden Knights won tonight, it would have given them 59 points and skyrocketed them to the first of the Pacific from the second wild card spot. They started this game. Uh, this before this game, they started in the first wild card, but since they lost, they dropped down under Arizona, as Arizona has, um, well, it's just because they have one more game in hand in them because uh, Vegas and Arizona both have the same amount of regulation wins, but Vegas has more than um, has one more regulation plus overtime wins. If it goes into tiebreakers, uh, tiebreaker deal here, um, and then. Two uh two teams that are three points out, uh Winnipeg, uh fifty-four points, and surprise, surprise to me, Chicago is three points out from a wild card spot as they're currently on a f- uh five game winning streak, but it looks like so far, uh really hoping that it happens, uh that they lose to the um Florida Panthers as they're losing four one at this uh point in the recording. Um and then Nashville's Six points out with 51. I had them uh, at least a wild card spot. I also had Winnipeg as a wild card spot. Uh, but once again, I mean, there's still plenty of games to be played. Um, which I'll also break down on not the first February 1st episode of the pod, but on the February 2nd one, where I'll go down um, since I've already would have done the divisional breakdowns. Also look at um, comparing with everyone's uh, all the divisions uh, standings at that point. Who should be a buyer? Who should be a seller? And who should just stay the same? Because um, at the end, or I believe it's the twenty fourth of February <coughs> is when um, the deadline is. So uh, we're fa- vastly approaching it, and after the All Star break. It's going to come, like, it was going to sneak up on you. Um, but, yeah, um, any other takes? Not on this, just disappointment. Any other takes on any other subjects? Um, 
Not that I can think of. I've kind of aired out my Peter DeBoer laundry a little bit. But, um, yeah, that's just that's just the one thing that's got me puzzled. And the Pacific Division in general. Because it's sweet sauce. Yeah. And and also, while we're on the subject, so the number one team in the Pacific Division has 58 points, mind you. 58 points as I'm murdering your eardrums or whatever uh, stereo you're listening to is on. All right. The Philadelphia Flyers are outside of a wild card spot, and they have 60 points. They'd be leading the Pacific. Freaking Carolina has 61 points. They'd be leading the Pacific. Freaking Columbus Blue Jackets have 60 points. 60 points. And they don't even have Corpus Allo in net. They have Mer- uh, Elvis Merlinkins as their starting goalie right now. And they have a five-game winning streak. That's 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 insane. That's absolutely insane. But um, but yeah, you know, and everyone that you know bitches about the freaking the ruling about how um standings should work and all that. Even a one versus eight would not even help you. A one versus sixteen would not help that. Oh, oh, oh I guess one versus sixteen would help you. Oh, oh, I guess one versus eight would also technically help you too. Uh, but. but well, actually, no, and yeah, well, not not no one versus one versus eight would not help you, but one versus sixteen would. But that would requ- require for you to get rid of divisions altogether, that's which that's just not fathomable, especially after not, I want to say not the previous lockout, but the lockout before that. When a lot of people were bitching about travel, especially namely the Detroit Red Wings because they were in the Western Conference and they had to travel to the east, the, the West Coast a lot and at least three or four times a year. And um, even Columbus, when they were in the Western Conference, when they first came in the league, they were bitching about it too. And, uh, and there was even a time where the... Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning were in the same division as the Blues, and the Blues are in the middle of the damn country. Like, I don't know how the hell that happened, but, um, and it's only going to get worse when Seattle gets in the league because that means that the Arizona Coyotes are getting moved to the Central Division. And yes, I understand with Gary Bettman's argument about how rating wise they do better, the Arizona Coyotes do better when they verse a Central Division team, even though Central Division teams are way better because they are, you know, more competitive. Um, but that's also kind of like a, a bias, but at the same time, it's not really a bias because if you look at the points, it's, it's the honest, the damn truth. Um, but you're, you're going to run into that problem and, and a lot of people are like signs are pointing that they're going to get relocated to Houston because the Houston Rockets owner, uh, who also owns the Toyota center, which is the place that the Rockets play. Uh, have been talking to Gary Bettman, be like, "Hey, what if we got a NHL team, huh? And we can uh, rival the uh, the Dallas Stars." And I already know who I'm gonna take on that Dallas Stars all the way. Um, but 
it'll be an interesting time. It's an interesting time in the NHL now. It's going to be an interesting time when Seattle comes in. Um, still waiting on the announcement, which apparently during the All-Star game, they're going to announce at the very least what their team is going to be called. Um, at least that's what the reports are saying. Um, I'm really hoping it's the Kraken, for sure. Hope it's not something lame like Emeralds or something like that or yes. the Seals or because the Seals have already happened. That's why we have the San Jose Sharks because they're the descendants of the Golden Seals. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they lasted longer and they didn't relocate. I mean, history. But, you know, if you if you hurt, if you didn't hear what he said, you know, because this, this mic is very uh, – you got to get it close to it, but that's also kind of the way I tuned it, too, but um, to make it a little bit more clear, more crisp. But, uh, yeah, it's running long in the tooth here. Um, 57 minutes. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, but, yeah, uh, don't forget to rate the uh, the podcast on whatever service you're listening to, uh, especially subscribe as well. Uh, and if you're trying to share with your friends, don't, uh, let them know, hey, uh, cause I know not everyone has an iPhone. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, and we're also on Google Podcasts, coming soon to iHeartRadio as well as Pandora. And without further ado, this is Nolan Agrella and Elijah from Easy Hack Reviews, and he's got one more thing. Hello, Cameron. <laughs> Shout outs for the, for the girlfriend back home. Um, well, once again, let, uh, rate and subscribe, and we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you very much.